This is Hitting the Mark. Conversations with founders about the intersection of brand clarity and startup success. With your host, brand strategist and author, Fabian Geierhalter. The owner of the other brand, we decided to settle and so we met at the Mandarin Oriental um, Hotel at Time Warner in New York City. And we were overlooking Central Park. And he just turned to me, this the guy who's suing me. And he's and I kept saying to him, Listen, we're not in the same space. I'm not a spa. I'm not, you know, I'm just doing the products. We're product based. We do some facials, but we're not a spa. And he turned to me, he said, Just own it, Angela. You do have a spa and you are going to grow. And so own it. And I just sat back and I was like, huh. And so then I came back and that's when we, that's when I decided, okay, fine, you get the name. I'm just going to change the name to Saver, Saver Beauty. It eventually became Saver Beauty and I'll just be fine with it. And that's when we took off because his advice to me was fantastic. This was Angela Kim, who is the founder of award-winning Saver Beauty and Spa, which the New York Times says has drawn a loyal following among fashion industry types for its decadent yet affordable holistic facials and massages with its equally popular organic skincare line. But what caught my eye was how she checks off all the boxes a brand in her space should. And she does it seemingly with ease. Farm fresh, small batch organic products, cutting edge technology, 100% non-toxic clean formulas, made locally, supporting various deserving communities, cruelty-free testing, minority-owned, etc., etc. And as we discuss in depth in today's show, Angela understands that her brand ethos is the guiding light that makes all the difference in the why, what, and the how of her brand. But before we dive in, I'd like to thank Evelyn, who joined the Golden Brand Circle in a yearly membership pledge, hence helping us keep this very show advertising-free, while hopping on 24 calls with me in the next 12 months, where I will mentor her and about 35 other members on all things brand strategy. So thank you, Evelyn. If you'd like to join the small club of brand strategists and startup entrepreneurs, visit patreon.com slash hitting the mark. I'd love to welcome you to this special community. And now, without further ado, over to my inspiring conversation with Angela. Welcome to the show, Angela. It's such a pleasure to be here, Fabian. Oh, likewise, it's so great having you. Let's, let's start with that evening <laughs> where you were on stage as a <laughs> concert pianist and you accidentally originated the need for your brand, Save a Beauty and Spa. <laughs> what, what, what happened that night? Uh, tell us that story. Well, you know, like all things, it started from an itch. So I just put on this, quote, natural lotion all over my body before um, a performance. And I started breaking out into hives, much to my dismay. And, you know, it's really embarrassing when you are uncomfortably red in front of uh, an audience of hundreds. So it was very humiliating. And I decided to look at the list of ingredients after the concert to see what was in it that made me have this allergic reaction. And I was really shocked to find out how many chemicals were in this so-called natural formula. And that was really the fateful event that started something actually really wonderful, a fantastic journey. 
That is unbelievable. And and it's, you know, I mean, I, I think that the best products and the best brands are created out of out of a necessity, right? That one feels. Yes. But it is it is shocking to hear, even though it's not quite shocking to hear since I did I did learn about this before. Um, but the idea of clean products, right? Uh in the beauty yes. space. Yes. It's not really monitored, right? I mean, there is it's it, it's kind of like a label that is not like fair mm -hmm. trade in the in the coffee space or in the food space. It's something that people kind of use a little bit arbitrarily. Um, do you yeah. when when you had that quote unquote natural, potentially even clean product, um, and you as a consumer you you trusted it uh, based on what it what it portrayed? Um, was that a big concern afterwards? Where you where you kind of like looked into how how do mm -hmm. beauty brands? brand themselves maybe maybe even yeah. wrongfully so and and how can you do it in, in a different way well okay so i that's this is a fantastic question so you know i i started over a decade ago in my kitchen making lotions and potions and my whole thing was at the time believe it or not there weren't a lot of clean beauty brands so i was um I, I there was either vermont mom and pops kind of brands and then there was christian dior and so I really wanted to create something for my mom and me and my sisters that was luxurious, but also efficacious and was anti-aging and all of that. Um, and so I'm Korean. And um, as you may know, Korean women are really like obsessed with skincare. And so I grew up with my mom getting all of these creams that were made from like pigeon poop, gold flecks, whatever you name it, <laughs> these, these exotic, crazy ingredients um, from her Korean sisters. So I grew up with that and I was like, well, mom, I want to make something that's equally amazing, but I want it to be organic and natural. So, uh, you know, I had a picky audience of these Korean, my Korean mom and my Korean sisters. And I started making these lotions and potions and I would send it to them. And, you know, the first, I, and I kid you not, the first 1000 formulas were like, no, 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 no. Oh, wow. And you, <laughs> Yeah. So we mentioned I was a concert pianist. I know you know this. We were talking earlier from your background. Classical musicians are used to repeating things over and over again. And so that's what I was used to doing is just getting up every day. I had no qualms about it. I would just make the next batch of lotion and I would improve it every single time. And that's really how you know, I started to give them as gifts to friends and they started to say, oh my God, this is amazing. I want to give, give this as a gift to my other friends. So, But to answer your question... You know, I really had to handpick ingredients that were of natural origin, such as sunflower seed oil, shea butter, cocoa butter, um, you know, coconut oil, raspberry seed, pumpkin seed, truffle extract, all of these really wonderful, um, very nutritious, nourishing oils. And I started to blend them together with essential oils. And so that to me is very clean. And I also, at the time, there weren't a lot of um, natural preservatives on the market at the time. So there was just a lot of experimentation I had to do. Um, I eventually started working with a holistic chemist and we started coming up with more advanced formulas. But, you know, I, that to me, that's really important that each of the ingredients are chosen with a lot of thoughts. Um, curated by, you know, me and my mom and, and now my team of uh, beauty experts. And, and now that you're out on the market, do you, do you look at other beauty products and you sometimes quietly roll your eyes the way that they describe the product? <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, well, maybe um, that is not a hundred percent, you know, the, the truth that they are selling. All the time. 
but yep. I don't, I don't roll my eyes because I feel like, you know, every brand has its own, every brand that I, I see right now, they have really beautiful stories as well. So I try to learn from each of the brands, you know, the ones that are like, obviously the big corporation brands where they're trying so hard just to do yeah. something. That's when I start to feel like, oh, exactly. this doesn't feel as authentic. Um, they're just trying to jump on a train, you know? Totally, totally. I'm glad. I'm glad you differentiated from uh, from you know the 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 smaller brands that have amazing stories and 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 brands these days have amazing stories because that's what customers want, right? So you know, yeah. differentiating that from 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 the big guys who try to who try to you know look authentic and and, and clean and who knows what and, and some of them might be right. But um, your products are made fresh and correct me if, if I'm wrong with that if you still do this but it's fascinating they're made fresh every morning in New York City right not in New York City so it's it's in Hudson Valley um, so we have it's in the Kingston area so in New York so um, when we were starting to grow we decided to open up um, a production facility for our for women I hired women and trained them to make the products so that's where they're made. They're, it's about an hour and a half north of New York City. See, that's what happens when you talk to someone from the West Coast. <laughs> I'm like, this is all—it's all part of—it's all part of New York City, really. Um, well, let's yeah. let, let, let's talk about this uh, initiative a little bit more. It's called Dollars and Cents, um, Cents as in S C E N T S, um, where yeah. where you hire women who are transitioning back into the workforce by giving them training and tools to develop these new skills. Um, they make and ship the the beauty creams uh, fresh from the Hudson yes. Valley, right? Um, yes, yes. What, what sparked you to create the initiative and, and how difficult was it to get it off the ground, right? Because it's amazing, but I'm sure it's, it's, I'm sure there's a lot of work that goes into making this happen. Well, so not, you know, okay, first of all, I think whenever something feels authentic and comes from an authentic place, it's, it's natural branding. It's a natural, um, I feel like you become a lighthouse for people who are on the same page and are aligned with your mission. So let me back up a little bit and tell you the, the reason I started this program. So my father passed away when I was 13 and we lived in Iowa and we were the very few Asians lived in Iowa at the time. So, um, and my mom now is a single mom um, and she really needed to pick us up from school at three o'clock. You know, she didn't have the means to have someone else do it. And, but she couldn't find an employer that was understanding of that. She was trying to find jobs. So I just, I felt so bad as I saw her struggle to try to find a job where she had an empathetic and understanding um, employer. So that's what I, that's the mission and the, the philosophy behind the dollars and cents program. I really wanted to create a flexible work situation for the pe for people I can, for employee, employees who could determine their hours so that if they have children, they could work around it. So, and then it, it branched out to, well, what about women who don't have children, but want to transition into a new working situation after maybe they want to have a career change. And so we take them and we train them and we give them the second chance, you know. That is amazing. That that is really really wonderful. And and putting putting this uh, putting this program in into place was it was it challenging at times, or did you work with a partner agency that 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 does this sort of thing? No, it was called Craigslist. <laughs> <laughs> so it was challenging. 
Yeah, no, no, no. You know, like it just put an ad out on Craigslist and we just, we just naturally found, you know, people who wanted to, who were in that situation. And it's not like we announced like we're only going to hire, we try to hire the best person suited for the job, but we have a very special interest in helping women who are in that situation just because it's, it's really, it's, it's my mom who's the muse. That's that's lovely, and 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 you know I think I think it is so so interesting because with with your brand, um, your heritage is 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 very important to the brand. I mean, from your upbringing, uh, even even in the last you know eight minutes or so, we talked already a lot about this, right? The, the Korean culture, uh, your past as a concert pianist. Uh, would you would you advise other founders to incorporate their past into the future of their brand? Does it convey authenticity, or could it be also, you know, putting them at risk, you know, like if, if they put too much emphasis on the founder and let's say, you know, like like they're moving on or there's a there's an acquisition or something like that. Or in some cases, you know, telling a story that may actually not connect as naturally to to, to the brand mm-hmm. as, as, as is yours, as is the case with yours. Right. I just wonder, because sometimes sometimes I see it with brands like yours where it is just. I mean, it is deeply ingrained, right? Savor mm-hmm, equals mm-hmm. you, right? And it, and it's and it's beautiful, mm-hmm. and it really works well. Um, but but do you think it would always work well, or do you think that that is something? Did you have some experience where you feel like for some founders that most probably might not be the right direction? I think, like anything, there is no magic formula that you can blanket across the board. I, I can speak from my, from my experience. Actually, it's interesting that you bring this up um, because when I first branched from being a concert pianist to being an entrepreneur, um, Fabian, I think you'll really relate to this. When you're a serious classical musician, you really need to give the impression and to, that you're dedicating your life, heart, mind, and soul to Beethoven. Mozart list and you know you, you um, practicing sometimes up to 13 hours a day touring uh, grueling tours so when I first started I didn't I did not use my real name you know I well I used my um, my married name I didn't want to put Angela Kim out there and I didn't want to put a personality behind the brand because I was really nervous that you know the classical music world would find out about it so there was a point where I, I hid a lot um, I will tell you that the brand really took off when I started to own the Korean piece of it and be really honest that, yes, my mom was my muse. And yes, I grew up with Korean beauty rituals. And yes, um, you know, I was a concert pianist. And so a lot of the things that you see in our branding has musical notations in it. Um, so I think it gave the brand a personality. It made it stand out and it really helped us to take off, you know, Um also, there was a part of me, because I grew up in Iowa, that was a little bit ashamed of being Korean, you know, because that's how I grew up. It's like mm. we, we were made fun of and there was a lot of, um, you know, racism. So it was kind of hard for me to own it. So uh, it, when I did, it was sort of a personal coming, uh, becoming and also a brand becoming its full, its full potential. So I think in my case, it was a very powerful um, lesson in authenticity, in owning the the treasures that are yours and in valuing it and, and bringing it to the forefront. And then it gives personality that people can remember. So they say, oh, Savor Beauty, that's that numbered system. It's numbered because they don't know why it's numbered. But because I was a musician, I'm very rhythmic, you know, one, two, three, four. So we have a five-step system and everything is numbered. 
that comes from my musical heritage. Um, the Korean comes from my mom and her beauty lessons. So these are things that give stories and roots and meaning and authenticity and people feel it. Right. Absolutely. I yeah. say branding. I would say branding is a lot like being at a party and you meet all these people. And when you hear stories, you can feel when somebody is really like talent, being authentic and sincere and you want to know more. It's interesting. Right. Um, already when you were telling me we were having this conversation before we um, hopped on to this call and you were telling me about your father and, and that he was the concert master of the Vienna Philharmonic. And that's so interesting. Like, I want to ask you, if we were at a party, I would ask you many more questions about that. That's interesting. But if you don't share that part of your story, I don't have any way to connect with you. Exactly. No, I love that. And I, and I, and I love that, um, that, that analogy because it is so true, right? I mean, look, look at your brand in the K-beauty space. I mean, the K-beauty space is... It used to be small. It's huge today, right? I mean, it's like, yeah, it's yeah. such a big. And maybe I know that because you know, you, you know, I'm, I'm married to, to a Korean woman. It's 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 a big yeah. it's a big big space. And you know, just just for you to stand out um, in that space, which is already a niche space, um, takes yeah. a lot. And so the idea of really thinking about who who you are as a person and what you want to convey in a brand, and then doing weird things like using staff, you know, the five lines that hold musical notes, right? Like using those mm -hmm. and a splash of pink and you immediately get an idea of, oh, there, there's more to that story. People might not immediately understand it, but they will once they read more into the brand, once they become, you know, mm -hmm. more familiar with the brand. And I think to a certain extent, that is not something that a brand agency does, right? I mean, that is something that you slowly as the founder, you bring in a couple of elements that you feel feel confident about, or in your case, you didn't feel confident about it in the beginning and you felt like this mm -hmm. is a push and you actually need to do this for yourself because you want it to be authentic. Um, yeah, I think I think it's beautiful, and the more the more founders um, that 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 I talk to, especially the, the ones that start like you in the kitchen, you know, or wherever, right? Self mm -hmm. self funded, mm -hmm. just doing the grind, putting the money in, and hoping for the best, right? Um, yes, for yes. for all of them, that's what worked, right? To be their authentic authentic self, and that actually helps them break through break break through the through the through the noise, right? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So, so I'm 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 curious on your on your website. You have a section about uh, causes that the brand supports, and it has a lot of mm -hmm. uh, amazing causes on there. Um, in 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 what ways do you, as a brand, prefer to give back to these causes? Right? Is it is it a portion of sales of proceeds, or do you do it via specific um, campaigns? Because there are so many ways to do this, and I'm always curious to learn when people weigh into this, when they lean into this. You know what what actually works for them? What, how how do they like to like to give back as a brand? Well, yes, a portion of proceeds goes to um, any one of these given brands at a, a certain specific time. Also, I think by shining light to it, we will highlight it on our social channels. We'll put it in our newsletters. Um, we put it on our website. I think by giving, you know, saying we stand behind these, we vetted them, we believe in what they're doing, and they are aligned with how we, how our heartbeat beats, um, how our heart beats. <laughs> um, I think that you know, those are the ways in which we can stand behind and shine a spotlight on these amazing organizations. 
You know, I re- I really like this because on on the one hand, you know, I'm I'm interested in how how you know like how it how it works best for a brand, but on the other hand, by you just putting out all of these organizations that at one point you know your brand uh, stood behind, right, and 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 was actually mm-hmm. putting 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 their 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 money towards. It shows your values without you spelling out your values. It says, this is who we are as a brand. These are the causes that we support. Hence, these are these are the kind of people that we are. And then, you know, like subliminally, it means, well, if you like that, and if you buy into this, you might like us, right? I mean, there's this, there's this, there, there's this shared values idea that comes through. Um, and and I like that, right? Because it it is just again, it's it's extremely authentic but you're doing it in a way where it's not on the nose but people feel like oh yeah mm-hmm. you know what these causes are great and i subliminally mm-hmm. start liking these people more and, and this brand more because this is this speaks to me right um yeah which is yeah. which is really beautiful yeah right yeah no i think um you know a lot of it is when there's a current uh movement happening you know uh, oftentimes you don't know what to do to help, you know, when Black Lives yeah. Matter was happening, when Stop Asian Hate was at its uh, at its height, you know, these kinds of things. Sometimes you just don't know how to help, and so one way that we try to help is by finding organizations that are actually rolling up their sleeves and, and making a dent and making its mark. So that's that's it, by us donating, but also by highlighting. I think it helps other people to say, "Oh, okay, I can support this as well." I I, I wholeheartedly agree, and I, I mean, even even me as a as a very small brand consultancy. I used to run an agency; it was a pretty decent size, and now it's a very small consultancy. I prefer it that way, but it's a very very mm-hmm. small shop. Yeah. Um, even even I started doing something like that on our website, where we basically we say we pledge one percent or more, you know, um, to to yeah. organizations that we believe in, and. I actually have a full-on accountability report on the website um, to, to, that really lists, okay, this is how much we donated to stop AAPA hate, mm-hmm. hate. You know, this is how much we donated to Afghan aid and Doctors Without Borders and all of this. It's not a lot of money, but I feel that it also, in a way, subliminally helps me kind of weed out my potential clients. <laughs> you know, it's like people come to the website, they see that, and they're like, oh, stop AAPA. I hate like that's not oh weird like that's not I'm not into that I'm maybe I shouldn't work with mm. them and I'm like yes maybe you shouldn't <laughs> and that's totally yeah. fine right so in a way it kind of helps me helps me a little bit select my own audience and I think that yeah in a way that's what happens with brands too whatever causes they, <laughs> they stand behind it is also a declaration of 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 you know what what they believe in and uh and and who their who their tribe should be or will be, you know, mm-hmm. not trying to exclude mm-hmm. anyone, of course, right? So, right, I, that's very interesting. I like that as well. That's a very, you know, I call it um, being the lighthouse. I think I referred to that term earlier when you're the lighthouse, and what you're doing is you're lighthousing yourself, right? You are saying, I stand for this, and so your like minded people will find you, right? And those who are not won't. <laughs> Exactly, exactly, and I think it helps. It helps everyone. <laughs> you know, it, it helps everyone yeah, involved. I love that. 
Um, so, so Save a Beauty is, I mean, it, you're, you're an established brand now. You're, you're doing a lot of things that the next generation deeply cares about and you do them perfectly right. You know, we, we talked about the clean formulas, you do small batches, it's made locally. Um, you support not only various causes, but also various deserving communities. It's cruel, cruelty-free mm-hmm. testing, et cetera, et cetera, right? This can go on for half an hour, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but which, 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 which is, which is amazing and congratulations relations to, to to running a brand this way right because a lot of a lot of other founders would aspire to that um which, thank you thank you absolutely which of which of these or perhaps you know something else that i didn't mention in my in my list did you see was was the most important to your customers or, or which of which of these business decisions mm-hmm. are you getting the most positive feedback for from your customers well i think That's a very good question to see what are they responding to. I really feel like there's a clean energy to the brand because everything trickles from the top. And I feel that people really resonate with, I don't know, like, for example, we sent out a a self-love message recently on 9-11. And it was a poem that I, a meditation poem that I, I saw it. I actually written. saw it. Yeah. <gasps> you did? Yeah, it was wonderful. Oh my gosh, yes. Okay. Yes. Thank you so much. And we got a huge, enormous reaction to it. You know, people were sending us emails, thanking us, saying it was, it really touched them, that it was a very healing um, meditation for them to read. And so I, I think, you know, we have a very strong self-care, self-love message that really pulls us through and um, almost supersedes anything that we do. And when you, I know this gets a little bit maybe woo-woo and a little cheesy, but it's something that really, because, and I say cheesy because this is something I did not believe in, like even five years ago, that when you take care of yourself and you genuinely love yourself enough to make, I I call self-love an action for which your future self thanks you. So when you take your time to do your beauty rituals, when you take the time to create boundaries for yourself, when you create the time to, you know, turn off your phone and really spend time like, you know, with your family or your loved ones or by yourself and do a a yoga meditation or do something that's good for you, you're taking care of yourself and you're loving yourself. And this in turn allows you to take care of others. And so in some ways, that's been my renaissance, my revelation, my revolution. And I think people feel it. You know, and that pulses through the the brand, and that that really permeates into our spas, where our clients, our guests, come in and they get their facials every month. And then we're trying to teach them: yes, the product's important, but taking time for yourself is even more important. So, does that answer your question, or was that so it, no, it, no, it, it, <laughs> well, uh, you know, my my listeners would know there is there is no there is no cap for for you know anything being too esoteric for me because usually there's a lot of brand truth in that you know so I'm I'm yeah. absolutely uh, no I I totally agree and I mean back to your back to your post that you mentioned on 9-11, which now you know we we record this uh, you know just just a couple of days after nine eleven um, yes and, and 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 I caught it and you know what it was it was it was it was thoughtful and it was thoughtful in 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 just this 
bombardment of 9-11 messages where every brand mm -hmm. almost felt like, oh, it's pumpkin season, Halloween. We got to do something mm -hmm. for Halloween. <laughs> oh, it's, yeah. you know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's in the calendar. You got to check it off. You got to write something about mm -hmm. it. And everyone just posted their typical message. And yours was, you actually sat down. You know what I mean? You sat mm -hmm. down mm -hmm. and you put thought into it. And surprisingly, that is not something that happens often on Instagram and TikTok and you, you know where it's where where we get bombarded by these messages but actually someone really you can you can sense that someone actually sat down and wrote something just for me right mm -hmm. just just for the, the mm -hmm. person on the other side and i think you know back to back to the the origins of my question right like what of all these initiatives and all of these you know good things that you do with your brand what is the one thing that really bubbled to the top and and i think you really you, you said it nicely right it's 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 that it's that it's that caring part that comes from the top mm -hmm. and yes there are all of these initiatives that i can name but in reality it's the sum of it's the sum of all parts right that that really where people mm -hmm. feel like they're being cared for um Mm -hmm. which is difficult mm -hmm. to do. And I know, I know it must have taken you a little bit of time. So <laughs> to get there. So. Well, yeah, well, and so then let me tell you that um, just to kind of pull it out into a more practicable lesson here, you know, um, so the self-love, the taking care of yourself, the self-care, then you can take care of others. Do you know what I mean? Like you can really take care of your employees. You can take care. We were talking about the charitable causes. We can take care of these charitable, give our small donation to these charitable causes. We can, um, you know, build out a program like the dollars and cents and take care of the products that are given. We're giving to, we're selling to our customers worldwide. So I think this, it just comes from that really important seed, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think the, the our customers can feel that. And so when you ask, well, which makes the most difference? I think all of it does, but it comes from a, a very strong seed that we've planted. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, let's talk. Let's talk. Uh, let's talk about the seed that was planted. Let's let's go all the way back. When you know, I I, I heard somewhere in one of your interviews that uh, when you opened shop, when you opened the spa, you were pretty lonely for the first couple of days. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and yes. it 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 it's it, it's fun to talk about it now because you obviously, you know, you you flip this uh, around very nicely and very quickly and nothing happens overnight they say, but yet, you know, you open the door of your store overnight and you assume something would happen. But how long did it take you to feel like and and this might be months, this might be years where you felt like, you know what, this little startup of mine where I made it, you know, where, where I made these creams in the kitchen and then I, then I brought them into the store and, you know, whatever, however mm -hmm. it started. Like, when was that moment where you said to yourself, you know what, I think that we, I think, I think that this might be a brand now. I, th I think that we're actually, I think we made it. Like, this is a breakthrough. What was a big breakthrough moment? Mm. So when I first started, I called my brand Om Aroma because I was really into yoga and I was like Om, right? And then I love aromatherapy. So I called it Om Aroma. So the moment that I think things started to, I was like, okay, this is more than a hobby because at first it was sort of, I was dappling, you know, I was like, I'm just taking a break from my piano career and I'm just going to try this out. I wasn't that serious, you know? Um, but I think the moment that I realized, okay, this is a brand was when we got sued 
<laughs> oh, that's that's so a good that's a good to... sign. <laughs> now <laughs> yeah. it's serious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now if so someone's paying attention, so there was another brand that felt that our names were too similar, and you know, I was I was they were like, you have to change your name. And when you give, it was kind of like giving your child a name. You don't want to change the name. And I loved. I was very attached to the name. And so, long story short, um, I was you know struggling with it. And I was very worried about it. And at first I started to fight it, you know, and then the, the owner of the other brand, we decided to settle. And so we met at the Mandarin Oriental um, Hotel at Time Warner in New York City. Mm-hmm. And we were overlooking Central Park. And he just turned to me, this, the guy who's suing me. And, he's, and I kept saying to him, listen, we're not in the same space. I'm not a spa. I'm not, you know, I'm just doing the products. We're product based. We do some facials, but we're not a spa. And he turned to me, he said, just own it, Angela. You do have a spa and you are going to grow. And so own it. And I just sat back and I was like, huh. And so then I came back and that's when we, that's when I decided, okay, fine. You get the name. I'm just going to change the name to Savor, Savor Beauty. It eventually became Savor Beauty. And I'll just be fine with it. And that's when we took off because his advice to me was fantastic. Yes, I should own it. So that's when we became a facial spa. We really, you know, owned that. And then, you know, with the product line and, um, you know, and so the, we opened up other facial spas and it just really took off from there. That is and, such you know, an amazing little, story. Yeah. And, you know, I will tell you that my little boutique spa in the West Village that they felt the need to sue, which I'm glad they did. Um, now I'm glad they did. It was, it's 450 square feet. Uh, Fabian, it's, it's a tiny, tiny jewel box. It's in um, West 11th Street. And I know you probably don't know New York City very well, but it's, you know, it's between Washington and Greenwich and it's just very far away. There are a lot of celebrities that live there because nobody walks there because there aren't a lot of passersby. There's so I heard, a lot of yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, but we were, before COVID hit us, we were a million dollar operation per square foot. We were doing more than Apple stores. You know what I wow. mean? Like, you know, so that's the kind of thing that we were resisting. And then once we started owning it, we, we um, I decided to own the concert piano piece of the story and the Korean beauty piece of the story. We really took off. So all of these things of, of owning what makes you special, unique, and different. And sometimes what you resist is a little opening. It could give you a little clue to an opening that you're meant to explore. And who knows that the thing that you're resisting could be your blocker, right? That's that's so good, Angela. I mean, I mean, you know, just the idea that the person the person who sues you gives you great advice <laughs> is 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 such yeah. a, is such a nice you know um, you know little shines a light into the business world, right? And and how mm-hmm. how you never know where your next pivot comes from and where your next big advice comes from. It, it is such a such a great story. Um, if we yeah. look at if we look at the Saver Beauty brand. Um, I know you're big into the idea of brand ethos and kind of like, you know, like, like feeling a brand in, in, in defining it in one or two words or, you know, really thinking about if you take Save a Beauty and you would distill it down to one or two words, how would you, what would, what would that, what would that be? Like, what would those words be that you would use to, to describe the, the DNA of the brand, right? The, the feeling of the brand. Mm-hmm. Well. Radiance Rituals, 
you know, our, our rituals help you to become radiant. Um, beyond that, you know, I've simplified the Korean beauty into five easy numbered steps. So less is more. So you don't need to think about it. So I really think it's a minimalist approach to beauty. But then there's the radiance rituals that I think Savor Beauty is the portal to really carving out time for your rituals that help you to become more radiant. And in fact, I'm coming out with a book called Radical Radiance. Um, and it's all about, it's 12 weeks of self-love rituals. So it starts, I say I started with skincare, but it goes further and deeper than that. Well, yeah, and you you run you you used to run Savor the Success, which was an organization that mm -hmm. helped women-owned sustainable businesses grow, right? Mm -hmm. And and now you're running yeah. Savor Beauty Planner, which you know sells customizable mm -hmm. life planners. So it just makes sense, right? It all it it all comes back to something that is much bigger than you know a line of skincare, right? It's 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 it, yeah. it, it's really an ethos. Um, and I love I love yeah. hearing about your your book. This is going to be great. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you so much. Oh, oh, my dog agrees with you. Yes, of course. That's uh, <laughs> he's like it's PR time. <laughs> that uh, when when is it going to be released? Um, June fourteenth, twenty twenty two. Perfect. Excellent. Very good. Um, I, I know we, we, we talked a lot. We talked about branding. Uh, you, you, you shared with us the idea that it, uh, you know, branding is a lot like, you know, people, people at a party, right? Like who, who yeah. do you actually yeah. gravitate towards? Who do you want to talk to? Who, who actually grabs your attention for the long term? Um, would mm -hmm. you have any, any piece of brand advice that, that we, we, we didn't talk about yet um, for founders as a takeaway who maybe listen to your story? Um, is, there, is there anything from a brand perspective where you just feel like, hey, here's something I've done and I shouldn't have done, or here's, here's something that I'm currently doing that I think that people might, you know, might, might appreciate? Mm, okay. Well, I think branding, you know, I, it, let's come full circle when you ask me the question, you know, does your story matter? And I think the story does matter, especially for, you know, the, the small business entrepreneur. It really does matter. And as a matter of fact, you know, look at Facebook's founder and, and it wasn't his story so crucial to the yeah. whole thing, right? Yeah. He just want, he wanted to connect and, and in his college dorm room. And so I think the story is really important um, because maybe your ethos, your brand ethos, maybe the way the brand visuals, maybe things will shift over time. But if you can stay connected to that deeper mission, that deeper authentic reason of why, um, the deeper ethos, the philosophy, your why are you doing what you're doing, um, the Brand will always stand strong and be that lighthouse that we talked about to connect to the customers that really need the healing of what you're offering, right? So the solutions or the healing of what you're offering. I think it's really important that that becomes the forefront of everything you do. Um, it makes you make better decision, daily decisions on which employees do you want to hire? Which employees do you want to keep? Which employees do you want to invest in? It makes it very... Um, it, helps you decide how to do customer service issues. Um, how do you want to present yourself? What's your brand voice? These are very important, I would say, um, like the first of line duties that you have when you're building your business. 
I, I, I love this so much because, I mean, this is literally what I do day in, day out with founders and, and with CMOs. It's going right back to that. And it's it's interesting. Every every Thursday, I put out what I call a brand therapy uh, Thursday post. Uh, mm. So I write, I write one quick piece a week because I'm not going to write a book every week. So I write one quick piece yeah. that hopefully is somewhat profound. And for, for tomorrow, since we're recording this on a Wednesday, since, uh, to, for tomorrow, it is pretty much, you know, summarizing what you just said. It, 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 it states the following. Mm. I say, once you truly understand who you are as a brand, so your brand DNA or essence, something mm-hmm. magical happens. Branding, marketing, and company culture all fall into place almost effortlessly, mm-hmm. defined by a common mm-hmm. ideology that is bigger than the company's commercial offering. And this is mm. literally a summary of what you just said. I mean, this, this is basically yeah. Yeah. Um, That's and, exactly and, it. And and I love it because you you have done this for 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 a good amount of time now, and it takes mm-hmm. time for people to actually really understand that in business as a brand that that you need to have that, and it's Simon Sinek's why, right? Like you need to have that answer to the why. All right, good. Well, yeah. with with that being said, let's talk about what's next. I mean, we know there's a book coming out that's amazing. Um, that's in that's in 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 the summer of next year. Um. Yeah. What's what's next for the Save a Beauty brand? What are you excited about in the next uh, six months? Okay, I'll tell you that post COVID, even though we're not super post COVID, everything is still a little wonky and crazy. Here in New York City, things are reopening, so we are reopening our spas, and I'm very, you know, back to where the pre COVID glory those days. Yeah. So rebuilding is very interesting to me. Um, with a different approach. I want it to be more from the approach of flow success. You know, I, I, a lot of people talk, to talk about fast success. I am trying to go a little bit slower and make more meaningful decisions along the way and make sure that we've got the right people on board. Um, so we're doing that. Um, and, you know, I am moving as we speak. Actually, today, right before this interview, I closed on my apartment on the Upper West Side and oh, moving wow. to another apartment. Yeah. So, on a personal level, you know, just starting a new life in a different neighborhood in New York City. So I'm very excited about that. Um, yeah. So and and we're putting a lot of emphasis and and um, resources into our ecom and building that out. I figured that that's what that's what would happen, right? Because I mean, you started yeah. as an in-store brand, and suddenly it's D2C, and that's a whole different competitive environment. But it's also extremely. Yeah. I mean, it's an amazing opportunity, right? Especially if you already have a fan base, so. Yeah, yeah. And oh my gosh, I can't believe I forgot this. We're also partnering with a lot of spas. So when COVID happened and the closures happened, all spas closed. So now it's just a matter of revamping and and re um, revamping our partnerships with all spas. Makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. Perfect. Well, Listen, how, how can how can people follow you, you know, either personally or get to know your skincare line? Where where can they go mm-hmm. on, online to, to do a deep dive after this interview? Yeah, so saverbeauty.com and um and then it's at Saver Beauty. And if you want to connect with me personally, I'm at Angela Gia Kim on Instagram. Perfect. Excellent. Well, listen, I can't believe you you took out um, <laughs> almost an hour of your time during your moving day um, to be here with <laughs> us to talk about your brand and uh, give advice on branding. We so appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much for the time. Oh, thank you so much for the time, Fabian. And I, I have to say, thank you so much for, you know, doing so much research and, and coming to this, this interview with so many thoughts preformed. I really appreciate that. 
Oh, I wouldn't want to do it any other way. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you. Angela Kim and her spitfire of brand truths born out of a desire for authenticity. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I have the conversation. If so, please do subscribe, rate, and share the show. Hitting the Mark is produced by my consultancy, Finian, where we create clarity for brand transformations. This episode was edited, as usual, by Everett Barton, and the Hitting the Mark theme music was written and produced by the one and only Happiness One. I will see you next time, when we once again will be hitting the mark.